0: Hey, friends, welcome to Episode 62 of the Fierce Calling Podcast. You're never too old for adventures with God. I'm your host, Doris Swift, and I'm so thankful you stopped by today because we're shaking things up on the show. We're going to do a little switcheroo. My friend, Deb Diarman is with me. She just launched a new book, which is a compilation. It's amazing. And it's called We May Be Done, But We're Not Finished. And I was honored to contribute a chapter to this book. So we're going to flip the switch a little bit after she talks about how the book came to be. And she's going to become the host and I'm going to become the guest. And she's going to ask me questions about the chapter that I contributed. So you want to listen in if maybe you've ever felt like all your best days are behind you or the older you get, the harder it is to find your purpose. Uh, Maybe your nest is empty or maybe you just retired from a longstanding career Maybe you have this thought in your mind that you're too old to make a difference. But friend, that's simply not true. And this episode is not only for 50 plus. This episode is not only about age. It's about change, hard seasons, and great adventures yet to be experienced with God. So whether you're 50 plus or nowhere near it yet, there's something for everyone in this episode. Because we all experience changes in our roles in life. And what may seem like a detour may very well be an exciting new adventure with God. So happy book launch day To we may be done, but we're not finished. And listen in to hear more as Deb and I have a chat about living the God's girl life at 50 and beyond. Welcome back to the Fierce Calling Podcast. I'm excited today. This episode is with my friend, Deb Diarman. She has a book that actually is launching today, and it is called, We May Be Done, But We're Not Finished. And wait till you hear what it's about, because either it's gonna touch you in some way or someone you know. And I was blessed to contribute a chapter to this book. It's a compilation Of a lot of different seasons and a lot of different women's lives, and it's gonna encourage you so greatly. And I'll just tell you a little bit about my friend Deb. She is an expert in the fields of communication, relationship, and conflict resolution. She's a writer and popular speaker and focuses on topics related to the marriage and family. Her books include Related by Chance, Family by Choice, I Choose You Today, 31 Choices to Make Love Last. And Don't Go to Bed Angry, Stay Up and Fight. And the new one, of course, that we're going to talk about today is We May Be Done, but we're not finished. Welcome to the show, Deb. Welcome back.
1: Thanks, Doris. It's great to be with you again today.
0: Thank you. So we're going to do a little bit different format today, which is kind of cool. It was Deb's idea and I loved it. But anyway, she's going to talk a little bit about herself in the book and how it came about. And then she's going to ask me some questions Regarding my chapter, which is exciting. And I'm so glad to talk about it and so blessed to be a part of this amazing project. So, Deb, tell us a little bit more about the story behind the book, then go into what you might want to share about it and how it's launch day and what you would love this book to do in the lives of the women who read it.
1: I'm glad to do that, Doris. There comes a time, I think, for all of us when we realize that we've arrived at middle age and we, it surprises us. Mm. We were minding our own business, going about our daily activities with family and work and all those kinds of things. And all of a sudden, an ARPS advertisement shows up in my mailbox and it's like, wow, how rude. Who's this for? And then I realized it had my name on it, doors. <laughs> and that when I was reflecting, I thought, well, I guess I really am old enough to join their club. I just don't think I'm ready to do that yet. But I had become aware that so many women, and I think it's more often women who discover this, that age becomes an issue, not just in the way they look or the way they feel, but even in the opportunities that are offered to them and how they see themselves. Mm. I have a wonderful 89-year-old mother-in-law who is 89 years young. She's active and she's busy. She doesn't even consider herself elderly. My own parents, when they retired, they had worked together for 40 years and mom just kind of ran out of steam. Actually, they both did. When they stopped doing what they had typically done for 40 years, they had no imagination about what could be. They didn't travel. They didn't do the things that they had talked about in earlier years. And it's almost as though they retired their imagination. Mm -hmm. their interest and their willingness to continue to do the things that they were capable of doing and that probably God would have liked to see them take on. The book idea came from an experience that I had. I was doing consultant work for one of the major railroads in the nation, and there was an activity where we were training young employees to become leaders. There was a need for a group to move up. These are wonderful men. But many of them had had only one job in their life, and that was to work on the railroad. One of the activities that we did involved them deciding who got to survive a desert island experience, and it was really all around value. And I was always stunned because no matter which city I was in, I discovered that the 58-year-old woman described as a housewife with a high school education, she was never going to get on that rescue boat. She was going to die on that island. And I was stunned because I was almost that age at that time. Mm. And it felt cavalier. And I always will remember one young man as they had to talk together and make some joint decisions because each of them made their choices individually. And then they came together to discuss them and to come to a final result. And one of these guys said, Well, she's 57 years old. I mean, she's raised her kids. What has she got left to do but die? And boy, that just hit me in the heart, Doris. Mm. I thought, wow, is that how people look at women my age or almost my age? I wasn't quite there yet. And so when I began to write, the first thing I did was I was involved with a blog that was for women 50 plus. And the need for that just came pouring out. I decided that I would use the tagline from that website we may be done, but we're not finished to write a book. The tagline to our book, Doris, is making the rest of your life the best of your life, because I believe that's possible. I mean, we're finally old enough to have learned some things, and we're still young enough to do something with that knowledge, with those experiences. And so I invited 26 women to come along and each write a chapter, because the Lord said, you have one experience, Deb you know, one life. There are multiple things women are facing and conquering. You need some traveling buddies on this journey. And that's how the book came to be. And so it's been fun. It does release today. I'm very excited about it. The early endorsements have been very generous, and we're hoping that we can help change lives and change perspectives by helping women understand this is a brand new opportunity. I don't have to look for a babysitter. I'm not changing diapers, going to PTA meetings. And frankly, I don't miss it. Mm-hmm. But I've been on the planet long enough that God has taken me to some places I never would have expected. And he's also rescued me from some I wandered into. You were one of the folks that I brought alongside. I put out the call and your story was compelling for me. So can
0: I interview you about your story? Absolutely. Fire away.
1: I love your story. Um, it's called The Perfect Plan, which immediately got my attention Mm -hmm. because God kind of threw you a giant curveball that disrupted that perfect plan just a couple of years before you were planning to retire. Uh, Your company went through some changes, been in the industry for 29 years, and all of a sudden the rug gets pulled out from under you. What, What were some of the first things that occurred to you when that happened?
0: How did you feel? It was a little shocking because things were going along well as far as I knew. And then all of a sudden, the tide changed. Mm. And I started hearing things. And I think it was kind of just a setup to prepare that something was coming down the pike. Mm -hmm. And it was just shocking to me. I didn't really know how to respond to it. Because I just it was like, wait, what? (laughs) And I think that happens to a lot of us. And at the time, I didn't realize that that happened to a lot of us. But I did have some friends that were going through similar experience and it was really a tough road. But I learned later that a lot of it had to do with pride. And I didn't really realize it at the time. It was something that kind of snuck up. I didn't consider myself a prideful person at all. Always thought of a prideful person as, oh, they're doing the best job ever and making that known to people. But I didn't realize that after years of receiving a lot of accolades and people kind of building you up, and then all of a sudden, well, we can just replace you. <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. It was a shock to me, but I realized that some of it was pride.
1: Surprises are only really good at your birthday. <laughs> the rest of the time... Exactly. We could- we can kind of leave them alone. And and I loved your description uh, about your perfect plan, but you were going to have this 50th birthday party, combination retirement celebration, there was going to be fanfare and food and family and fun. And that all just got pulled right out from underneath you. And you called it my perfect plan. And Mm -hmm. as you exited the building that last time, you said, it just felt like any other day. And although I was free from what had become a really difficult circumstance in that last Mm -hmm. few months, I was devastated. And you went kind of through an an emotional upheaval. Can you talk Mm -hmm. a little bit about what that means?
0: Sure. You know, we do. We make these plans and we have this picture in our minds Maybe because we've seen it done in other people's lives. And mm-hmm. the thing you were just mentioning about the fun and fanfare. Well, another word to add to that list that begins with an F would be fizzled. Because <laughs> plan fizzled out. The curveball came along and I didn't really realize what God was doing. Yeah. But I did stay in the Psalms. I mean, I was reading Psalm this, that, and the other Psalm every day. Yeah. And I just found comfort and solace in the things that were written there and the things that David was expressing and the things that we were that were able to express to God, like, what is going on, God? I don't understand this. And why is this happening? It really shook my world for a while. And I did not realize how much of my identity was tied up in the job that I did, which is kind of strange for me to even say that because I never really wanted a career, which is Kind of strange after you're there 29 years, you know, but I never really wanted to be a career person. There's nothing wrong with that because whatever God leads you to do in your life, that's what he wants from you and puts you in a place that you need to be. But I would really have liked to have stayed home and raised the kids and, you know, do stay at home mom stuff. But I started working shortly after I had my son. I experienced a teen pregnancy, which is another story all in itself. And so I started working at the bank as a part-time teller. I thought, well, I'll just work here for a while. And then I will, you know, until I figure out what else I want to do with my life. Well, 29 years later, I was still there. But I was able to experience a lot of things along the way and learned a lot of different positions and moved into management and those kind of things that I really treasure right now, too, because those relationships were meaningful and purposeful. And I can see God's hand in all of it. But I did not realize how much it was part of me.
1: Do you know, I think you hit on a word a minute ago that I wanted to highlight. Um, In fact, I have it highlighted in my notes. And that's the word identity. Who am I, if I'm not this person who works in this bank and does a really good job? Who am I, if my children are all grown and gone, and they might call once a week, I'm Mm -hmm. not the mom anymore. And for women who find themselves either in divorce or in loss of a spouse, I think so much of our identity is wrapped up in what we do rather than who God called us and created us to be. We don't explore that. And so when those things are removed, whether it's a bank job that you held for 29 years, or whether it's the last of those Mm -hmm. kids is finally through college on their own, married, maybe great. Now, what do I do Mm -hmm. now? And I think for marrieds, it's even more challenging. They haven't called each other anything but mom and dad for years, which my husband and I never did because I think it's icky. <laughs> but they look across the table at that man and think, What's your name? Uh, mm-hmm. The only thing I've called you is dad for years. You wrote a, what I considered a really profound statement. It's short, but it's sweet and powerful. You talked about the fact that you had allowed others to establish your worth and your value, your identity, mm-hmm. according to your performance. And the next line says, yet as I was shifting blame, God was sifting me. Tell me what that means. He was sifting
0: me. Mm, Yeah. I really feel like God was trying to sift out of me the things that had built up that I never even realized were there. You know, it's easy to blame other people for the things going on in our lives. And there are things that people do that are uncalled for or unnecessary but when you look back and see the hand of God and what He was doing, and I didn't realize this until after I left, because there came a point in time where it was stay and continue doing what you're doing. But by that time, the damage had already been done. Right? You know, I I didn't really trust people anymore. You know that phrase, "It's not personal, it's business." Well, yes. I took it super personally, and <laughs> I think that. You know, now it wasn't personal. I'm not excusing any behavior that was uncalled for or unnecessary, things that were oppressive. I don't excuse that behavior at all. But I think that sometimes if God doesn't cause a change, we won't ever move because change oh, makes us move. So good. if we experience something, yeah, like change can be a good thing or change can be something we view as a bad yeah. thing. But if these things don't happen in our lives, we wouldn't be in a place where God has us now, because where would we be? Right. Right. And so I look at that and I think he was sifting me. And even after it took me quite a few years to really understand what that meant in my life, because for years, you know, I would look for my keys and I'm like, I can't find my bank keys. I mean, my car keys
1: habits. My mother used to say that the only person who really likes change is a wet baby and the rest of us (laughs) struggle with it. And that's certainly been true in my life, Doris. And it sounds like it was true in yours. Eventually, God began to prod you and poke you about doing something. And it was something you didn't want to do. And you didn't want to venture out, look for a role and, and risk rejection again. And then you created what I would call an impossible job description. And here Mm -hmm. are the terms, Lord, under which I am willing to do this again. (laughs) It's quite an impressive list. You weren't going to work weekends. You wanted to not work holidays. You wanted to not work nights. I mean, it was a very specific job description. No holidays, no Friday hours, no sales, part-time, all (laughs) those kinds of things. Don't you Mm -hmm. think God must have chuckled when he saw that? He
0: he was cracking
1: up. (laughs) Well, you just handed him the ticket that says, find this one for me and I'll take it. And that's exactly what he did. Yeah. So a good friend who worked at your church told you about an open opportunity but she was very well aware mm-hmm. of your job requirements. How did you feel when you discovered, oh, well this is the one I was looking for and now somebody's coming to tap on my shoulder with the opportunity to, to take it on? How did
0: you feel? I love that. I love how God uses other people, you know, to bring about these things. It's so cool, fun, amusing and, you know, miracles. That we see yeah. every day happening yeah. in our lives. And sometimes we need to really open our eyes to that fact. What happened was it was about, I guess, January 2012. I believe that I had feelings of fear. Because I did not want to jump into something that was, first of all, not what God had for me. And second of all, like you were saying earlier, I did not want to be rejected. And I thought to myself, here I am, a woman of a certain age, and who's going to want to hire me? You know, the enemy kept wanting to tell me things, you know, and... uh, And I was like, well... It's just the
1: chorus. It's it's the chorus that he sings over us on a regular basis. Who's going to want you?
0: You're old. (laughs) And I didn't feel old is the thing. I don't feel old now. So I just was apprehensive about doing this because I never really had to do it much in my life. Because when I started working, my first job was at a grocery store in high school. And that was easy. You just went and put an application and then they hired you. No big deal. And then the next job was... When I started in banking, that was the only other job that I actually had to interview for because most other jobs and positions that came along the way were in that organization. So, you know, you applied for them and you might have had to be interviewed for the position, but it was different because it wasn't an outside company. And if you didn't get that position, you still had your other position. So it wasn't like you were looking for a job, a new job. But I had a laundry list of all those things. And I don't know if subconsciously it was because I really didn't think there was one out there like it. And so, you know, I thought, well, I'm just going to create this job that doesn't exist and ask God for it. And it was funny because, like you said, it was someone that worked at my church already, Jamie. She was the children's ministry director at the time. And another friend that also attended the church who was on the worship team, Kristen, they were part of a group. It was called a life transformation group. And they would come to my house on a weekday morning and we would pray and talk about things. So they kind of knew what was going on in this situation about looking for a job. And that's the call I got. And it was amazing. God's timing, because when Originally, when my husband and I talked about it in January of that year and thought, well, maybe by June, June 1st would be a good date to find another position and work. So, I had not been really looking that hard, actually, to be honest. <laughs> it was like May. And I thought... You're going to let that deadline roll out. Yeah, right like, oh, okay, God. Well, you know, I know that I've been praying about this and having a position by June 1st. And I know it's May. And I know you already know that. And I know that, you know, I've also haven't been pounding the <laughs> pavement or looking really, really hard for this job that I didn't think existed. <laughs> so when I got that phone call, that was... Like a mic drop moment for me. Yeah. I think it was a fun call for Jamie too, because when she called and told me that the position in the church was open, it was a part time position in the front office, no weekends, no holidays, no evenings. It was nine to four, Monday through Thursday, no Fridays, because we're closed on Fridays at the church office, which my main reason for Friday was because I at the time was volunteering for our local crisis pregnancy center and I didn't want to have to give Uh, that up. And God said, okay, well, you don't have to give that up. And she went through the whole thing and it wasn't just even a few things that God met. Every single request on that list of this job description was fulfilled. And it was so exciting to me. And when my husband came home, I had to tell him about this call and what, this job was and he right away knew this is a perfect fit for you this is good
1: well and it was only seven minutes from your house yes exactly could could he have upped the ante anymore Mm -hmm. i don't think so the fact that your husband recognized you Mm -hmm. this is exactly the right job that really that was really a a kind of a diving board moment i mean there was a springboard there because you worked in the office um, which proved to be better than your perfect plan And his was perfect. Yours had been good, but his was perfect. Perfect. And within just a few months, you stepped into a role with the church as a women's ministry director. And that really was a transformational change because your personal blog about your life into ministry began to really ramp up, speaking truth into the lives of these women. And then at 53, you had a run of incredible accomplishments, Doris. At 53, you became a lay counselor. You self-published a book at 54. At 55, you returned to school and finished your degree you wrote a book proposal and launched a podcast at 57 and you signed with a literary agency at 58 now for your listeners who didn't know what your age range was i'm so sorry (laughs) but i wanted to highlight god's goodness in taking care of us older gal Mm -hmm. his experienced gal because it changed not just your profession it changed the trajectory of your life Mm And it sounds to me from having spoken with you about it, you really believe you're walking fully in becoming the person God called you to be. And you just said, I I could never come up with a plan like this for myself. And that for me is even more exciting. You you talk about um, the importance of Philippians Mm 1.6 which says, and I am certain that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it's finished, until the day when Christ Jesus returns. I think this has become the theme song for an awful lot of us who've had an experience where we were disappointed, felt like sometimes we've lost our identity because what we do had become who we thought we were. And God's always at the ready. And there's never a, oh, whoops, you missed it. Sorry, I have to red red tag yet. You can't do now what I wanted you to do. God's not an agent. I mean, Methuselah was the man who was the longest on the earth, and he lived in the time where his nephew Noah was building the ark, and God told him to go help with the whole ark building business. We're never, ever to a place where God says, well, can't really get there from where you are, so I guess we'll have to, I'll have to abandon that dream for you. Mm-hmm. That's just powerful to know that. You have a couple of things here I want to quote, because I think they're so important. You said, some may say age is just a number. A phrase, no doubt, coined to help us swallow our birthdays with a spoonful of sugar. But age is not just another number. It's a tapestry of experiences that God can use for our good and His glory. This tapestry is meant to be displayed so others can see the beauty God has created in our lives, and it brings hope to a world in desperate need. I will tell you, Doris, my research suggests that a lot of women who based their value and their worth and their contributions on Keeping those kids alive all those years and seeing them become responsible adults, that was their life's work. Maybe they had a job that turned into a career like yours did. Mm -hmm. And as they neared retirement, it stopped being as engaging or circumstances that they hadn't foreseen meant that they were no longer engaged in that particular job or role. Mm -hmm. And so I think that among the things that I'd like us to leave your listeners are that You're never too old to start and it's always too early to quit. God's not done with Mm us. There is a new book coming out. It's by a favorite author of mine, Jim Watkins. It's got a different approach, but the title similar to ours, Doris, it's if you're not dead, you're not done. Now that's the direct (laughs) man way of saying that, isn't it? Oh yeah. But I think that as this baby boomer age that you and I are part of, Mm -hmm. as we age, we're not gonna go quietly into the night. We're gonna go praising God taking names and kicking butts for the kingdom. I really see us doing that because he has a purpose for every single one of us. Some of us get there earlier than you and I did. I was in my mid-50s when I began to write. And I feel every day like this is what the work I was called to do. But I had to have a lot of those experiences to become the writer he wanted me to be. So, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. It just means I'm probably going to have to get really good glasses for that computer in another 10 years because <laughs> they're already starting to be a little hard to read. It. Thank goodness the fact you can enlarge that font. You right. know, I run, my husband will say to me, <laughs> Wow, that font is big. Yeah. <laughs> and your point is, and he goes, No point, babe. Just mm-hmm. get an observation. Smart man. Doris, thank you so much. I'm going to turn it back to you. Yeah. I've loved working with you uh, on this podcast and the previous one. I love the work that you've contributed to the book. And I'm so grateful for your willingness to share your wisdom. And finding the perfect plan, the one God had for you with our readers. Thank you,
0: Deb. I was really blessed to be part of this project too. Like you were saying, sometimes we feel like, okay, now what, God? But I looked back on it and I remembered there were times in my career where things were really hard. I want to say I always loved the people that I worked with, always enjoyed all the people that I worked mm-hmm. with. And it was like a family and i miss that part and i still connect with a lot of people that i worked with and i'll have to say i even when i drive past places where i did work before it's a different feeling now you know at first it was really hard to drive past those places but now i can drive past yeah. and sometimes i don't even notice them and that just seems powerful to me like there's been a lot of growth yeah. or i look at it from a new perspective like these were experiences that all shaped what God was doing and that I can trust that. I love that part of it. Then to think about the fact that even in the world, we look at actresses when they start to become a certain age, they get typecast into certain roles. And I don't believe that that's what happens with us when we're doing the work of the ministry, when we're doing kingdom work, because people might say, well, 60 is the new 40, but no, 60 is the new sixty. Let's just be who we are. okay? let's just be our age because it is new. It is new. It is new and different what we now are being called to do and what we can step into. And even though I had an experience where my retirement actually became an unretirement because I didn't have the retirement that I thought that I would have, that doesn't mean that I can't still have it because I'm still working somewhere else that I may retire from. Or may not. So, just to think about the fact that retirement is not the end game. And a lot of times, that's what the world views retirement as the end game. But it's not the end game. It can be the beginning game of something new. And I just saw recently, I'll share my friend, Marsha, who I worked with at the bank, always danced for many years. She's always done lessons and danced, but she was doing like the rumba or something. And she looks fabulous. And, you know, she is living her life to the fullest and not saying, well, That's for the youngins or whatever, because really it's not. So I just wanted to encourage someone today that where you are, you might be that woman that is in a job where you feel like is going nowhere and that you're not being used by God and that it's difficult and you don't know if you should leave or stay. But God will let you know when it's time. When I took on the new position at the church, God reminded me. During some of the hard seasons, when I would walk through the church office, I would think, gee, I wish I could just sit here and work here Mm -hmm. and never thought about the fact that I would actually be doing that one day. But how God didn't make it happen at that time, it would have been flipped. If I would have had my choice, I would have worked for the church first and not worked for the bank, you know, or whatever. But God has a plan and he has the best plan. In August of 2019, I moved into a different position in the church. I love that I still get to do lay counseling. And, you know, so it's just been an amazing season that I would never have thought if someone asked me back just a few years ago, If this would have all been coming down the pike, I would be like, wow, I I mean, I don't think so. I I didn't see that coming. (laughs) Yeah, God has plans. And like we were talking about this earlier, Deb, and how there's so many women that I talk to on the show, and I've said this before, they are doing what they never aspire to do. But it was what God had always aspired them to do, because if they're following his will and seeking that guidance, And following and walking in the spirit, we're right where we're supposed to be. So if you're in that job that you feel like, I wish I was doing something else. Well, we can open our eyes to see what God is doing. Yeah. In that place at that moment. And what is he teaching us? What is it that he wants us to do reaching and touching the lives of others that he puts in our path every day? And what we do as a ministry, it's wherever we are in God's amazing plan. So thank you, Deb. This has been so wonderful. And... And fun to be interviewed on, on your own podcast. It's kind of cool. And I love it. And I am looking forward to getting this book into the hands of many women and promoting it. And I just feel like it's an important message that women need to hear. And it would make a great gift as well. So just so humbled to be part of this amazing book compilation project that God put on your heart to begin. So thank you, friend. I appreciate it so much.
1: Thank you for being one of our contributors. All right.
0: Well, you take care and we will talk soon. Thank you for listening today. And I hope this episode resonated with you. Deb and I would love to hear about that. And now I know that you really want this book, right? So head on over to the show notes at dara.swift.com, And I have the Amazon link there so you can grab a copy and maybe grab a few copies to give as gifts to friends. And if you have a a group of ladies that you do a bible study with it would be great for them so you can go through the book together do it like book club style and i really hope you enjoy it and that it blesses you but not only that but that it causes you to take some kind of action to open your eyes to see what god is calling you to it's so true how deb mentioned that the enemy sings choruses of defeat over us because let's face it the only thing he's around for is to kill and steal and destroy but here's what we need to remember and here is the good news zephaniah 3:17 tells us that god sings over us god rejoices over us with shouts of joy he loves us that much and his song rings of the truth of who we are his beloved so bask in that heavenly chorus of joy today friend and remember God prepared good works in advance for us to do and our life has purpose it has value it has meaning no matter what our age is Deb also mentioned this quote from my chapter which is some may say age is just a number a phrase no doubt coined to help us swallow our birthdays with a spoonful of sugar but age is not just a number." It's a tapestry of experiences God can use for our good and His glory. This tapestry is meant to be displayed so others can see the beauty God has created in our lives. It becomes a tapestry of hope to a world in desperate need. And friend, right now the world is in desperate need of hope. So where is God calling you to display your amazing tapestry in this season of life? Think about that, friend. And I would love to hear from you. You can connect with Deb at DebDiarman.com and you can connect with me at DorasWift.com. And we'd love to hear how this resonated with you. If you do purchase the book, could you do me a great big favor? Could you please share it with others and also write a review on Amazon? Because the more reviews that come out, the more people will be able to find the book. And I really think this message is so important. And I'd love to hear how it touched your life. And I hope you'll join me next time when I talk with another woman who's taking action where her passion, compassion and conviction intersect. Until then, friend, have a blessed week and I'll talk to you soon.